Good morning, friends. Welcome to Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Ann Jacob. And my name is Donna Pritchard, and we are so delighted to welcome you here in person and also online for this Palm Sunday. The angle of the camera is not forgiving, and so we do welcome you into the narthex uh, as we join with our palm branches. Maybe you have a plant nearby that you can lift with us uh, and join us as we begin our Palm Sunday service. I invite you to join me in the call to worship. We come to worship today preparing for the holiest of weeks. We begin with praise and joy on our lips, with palms in our hands and hope in our hearts. We love a parade, but where this one will lead, it will lead through betrayal and fear, through suffering and loss. Yet it begins in joy, just as people laid down palms and shouted praise when Jesus came into Jerusalem, so we do today as we welcome Jesus into our lives once more. Let us shout, Hosanna! Hosanna. Blessed is Christ who comes in God's name. Hosanna in the highest. And so our parade begins. Let us worship. We invite you to process with us while shouting in your biggest voices possible, Hosanna, as we process down the aisle.
You may be seated. Hosanna. Now is the time I invite any children who might like to come and join us in front for a moment with you. Let's sit right here on the rug. Any children in the back that might want to come up? All right. Good morning, gentlemen. You want to come sit right here? Awesome. I'll join you right here. Good morning. Good morning to our friends online. Oh, did you guys enjoy our palm parade this morning? We say Hosanna, right? Not a word we normally say. Well, you all remember the story of Palm Sunday? A little bit? Yeah. Well, there once was someone, we say this a lot, right, who did such wonderful things and said such amazing things that people began to follow him but they didn't know who he was. But he told such amazing stories that the crowds that followed him got bigger and bigger. And Jesus traveled to Jerusalem with his disciples and the crowds followed for Passover. And some went ahead and they told the people there about who was coming. And they got so excited they lined the streets. Have you guys ever been to a big parade? Can you imagine what it might have been like that day? People wanted Jesus to see them so much, they grabbed branches off the trees and were yelling, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. They were so excited about the things he was saying that it frightened the people who were in charge, right? Sometimes when everybody's following something, it gets a little interesting. So there's, this is the beginning of Holy Week, and there's a long story that happens this week. Now, you might not all make it to every service, even though you're invited. We'll come back to hear more of the story on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. But one of the things that Jesus kept sharing in his stories was about how much God loved and knew and saw each person and about how we should love God and love our neighbor, just as God loves us. And one of the things we've been doing for our neighbors is we've been saving up. And let's see, I've got so many here, but let's see one who shakes really well. You see these? What have you guys been putting in here? Candy? No, coins. We are gonna count these today. I've got some good helpers who are gonna help me count. And we're going to see how much we've been able to give for our neighbors. And guess what? The United Women in Faith group has said they're going to match all the funds we raise. Isn't that great? Can we give them a thank you? Ready? One, two, three. Thank you! So then we'll get to decide maybe in next week or two when we know how much we have, if we can buy some chickens to help bless a family and share that love, or maybe a goat, or sheep, or even a heifer. You want a goat? What do you want? A sheep? 
What do you think you want? You think, oh, we'll do it with the funds we've been raising. You don't have to. We got it. We'll do this together. You want a dog? Hmm. I hear that. Well, let's go hear more of the story downstairs. Will you pray with me? Dear God, Hosanna, we say today. Thank you for coming, for showing us your love, your mercy, and bringing us together. God, help us to hear the story of this week and see the way you are with us. God, bless these young folks and their families and help us to come together to bless others through our, our small gifts of coins to our gifts of love and service and help. We pray all this in your name. Amen. All right. Here, you want to help me put these in there? Today's scripture lesson retells a very familiar story which we enacted out in part this morning. That is Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. This is a story which is contained in all four gospels. And it acts as the definitive confession of faith that Jesus is the fulfillment of Jewish messianic hopes. 
This is seen in Matthew's quotations from Israel's scriptures when the gospel writer says, this took place to fulfill, that's always a clue that they're pointing backwards to something that has already been written. It's also shown in the crowd asking, can this be a son of David? For Matthew, that acclamation is a messianic assertion in itself, that Jesus is the son of David. By the time that Jesus and his entourage enter the city, the Gospels say that all of Jerusalem is in turmoil, or if it were to be translated literally, all of the city is trembling, which portends the trembling of the earth with Jesus' death, which occurs later in the week. Now, I have to tell you, there is something a little bit humorous about this reading from Matthew, and that is the gospel writer is trying to account for many different prophecies about Jesus in this one passage. And so you will find that according to the story, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, wait for it, and on a colt. Now, when I was in seminary, we thought maybe that meant that Jesus was a trick rider. <laughs> but, you know, a lesser known miracle, riding two animals at once. But really, it is an attempt to fulfill all the prophecies. And sometimes, just like us, the gospel writers get a little confused and they trip over themselves with the best of intentions. Let's listen now as Jeanette reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Jeanette Murphy. Please stand in body or in spirit for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson today is a reading from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 11 in the Common English Version. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that their master needs them. He sent them off right away. Now, this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Sion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding a donkey, and on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them. Then he sat on them. Now a large now <laughs> a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this, they asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ, who meets us in all our turmoil today. I love a parade. And fortunately, that's all I know of that song. <laughs> now, my first job out of college was for the city of Everett Parks and Recreation Department where I was responsible for special events, all of the parades and the festivals and music concerts in the park, even a dedication of a new golf course uh, fell into my portfolio. 
was a great job. It was a lot of fun. But I remember one particular parade. I think it was for the 4th of July when the person who was going to drive the mobile playground bus was running late. Now this was an old decommissioned full-size city bus which traveled from park to park during the summer providing all the equipment and the staff needed to offer day camp programs for the children throughout the city. In any event, since we needed the bus in the parade, I offered to go get it. Now, I had not driven a full-size city bus except on the training course where there was nothing to run into. But I was young and I was cocky and I figured I could do it. It couldn't be that hard, right? No problem. Well, it all started out well enough as I left Forest Park and began to make my way downtown. But somewhere along the way, my eagerness to get to the parade route collided with my youthful arrogance. And I forgot that there was a significant difference between my Toyota Corolla, which I normally drove, and this bus. Coming to an intersection, my light was green, so I did not think to slow down very much as I began making a turn left, until I noticed the car waiting at the stoplight on the other side of the road, and the driver inside it, whose eyes were telegraphing the warning my head had ignored. I'll never forget her eyes getting bigger and bigger as the bus careened closer and closer to her car, until I realized what needed to be done and I found the brakes just in the nick of time. I love a parade. <laughs> but that was the last time that I ever drove the city bus. Well, sometimes on Palm Sunday, it feels a little bit like I am back in Everett trying to drive that bus entering Holy Week for another go-round, anticipating all the highs and the lows, the drama and excitement of Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, culminating in Easter Sunday, it can feel like we are careening out of control. And we want to find the breaks, to stop and appreciate, maybe even to savor the parade for a moment. Gertrude Mueller, in her book, To Dance with God, tells the story of one afternoon when she was engrossed in a sewing project. Her daughter, Annika, was three years old at the time, and she amused herself playing with the scraps of fabric her mother discarded as she sewed. At one point, Gertrude realized that she hadn't seen Annika for several minutes, so she went in search of her daughter and found her in the back garden, sitting in the grass with a long pole, a few strips of fabric, and gobs of scotch tape. I'm making a banner, Annika told her mother. 
I'm making a banner for a parade. I need a parade so that God will come down and dance with us. Perhaps the crowds in Jerusalem and all of us can appreciate and relate to Annika's intentions. We just need a parade. And it may not matter whether we have fabric scraps or palm branches, tambourines or balloons, brass bands, or just ourselves. We want to put together the best parade possible because we need God to come down, to dance with us, and to live within us. Today is a day to recognize and even to celebrate the need we have for the parade. And beyond that, the need we have and the vulnerability we face when we admit to ourselves and to one another that we need God to dance with us. We need God to inhabit our everyday lives. Even though we all know the parade passes. The cheering crowds, they are going to drift away. The excitement will die down. The color and the pageantry will fade away. And we will inevitably be left to sweep up the detritus of celebration. The parade passes every time. Nobody manages to live their whole life in the mountaintop moments. Nobody gets the brass band as the soundtrack for their daily lives. So what are we to do when the parade is over? I am reminded of the story of one town's very own passion play. It was a small town, so everyone had to get in on the act. They practiced night and day for weeks, everyone rehearsing their lines and memorizing the drama of Jesus' last days. Now, the fellow chosen to play Jesus was a most unlikely person, a big, burly oil field worker. This guy had been known to get into a barroom brawl every now and then. He had a quick temper and even quicker fists. He seemed a most unlikely character to play our loving Lord. Well, finally, the big day arrived and the play was unfolding according to plan with everyone sticking to the script until Jesus was led away to be crucified. And one small man cast as part of the crowd got caught up in the drama as he began shouting, crucify him, crucify him. In his excitement, he accidentally sprayed some spit into Jesus' face. And the oil field worker stopped, reached up, slowly wiped the spit from his face. Then he looked at the little man, his neighbor, and he said, I'll be back to take care of you after the resurrection. 
My friends, the parade passes for all of us. There are those moments of celebration and affirmation, even accolades and honor. And then there are those times when life is just spitting in our faces. Hosanna is the cry of the day. It's a strange word, one we don't often use. Scholars suggest it is a contraction of two Hebrew terms, yasha, meaning to save or to deliver, and na, meaning to beseech or to pray. So when the crowds begin shouting, Hosanna, what they are really saying to Jesus is, we beseech you to deliver us. They are crying out, save us. Undoubtedly from the Romans, deliver us from an occupying army and all the misery we experience because of it. But what about us? We are not occupied. When we wave our palms and cry out our hosannas, do we dare to ask for God to stop the runaway buses of our day? Hosanna, save us, God, from the plague of gun violence, which now is the leading cause of death for young people in this nation. Can you believe that? The leading cause of death for young people. Hosanna, save us, God, from poverty, which exists even in the midst of an affluent community like Edmonds. Hosanna, save us, God, from racism and xenophobia, from homophobia and sexism and all the other isms which separate us and threaten to undo us. Hosanna, save us, God, from bitterness and regret, from loneliness and alienation. Hosanna, save us from brokenness of all kinds. But most of all, God, save us from the arrogance that is found in our indifference to your love, in our pretending we do not need you. Save us, God, because the truth is we are not just marching into the sanctuary this morning. We are traveling from the most vulnerable places inside us, from the most honest and real parts of ourselves. We are parading past our ordinary lives into God's extraordinary presence, where we find that Jesus does come back to deal with us after the resurrection. Jesus comes back again and again, drawing us out of ourselves and into relationship with each other. Jesus comes back again and again, to invite us to join in God's parade. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Sunday, time is marked as one small donkey plods toward Jerusalem. With a face set like flint, he walks forward, not in the power of horses and swift victory, but in small, steady steps toward the mystery that through suffering, healing comes. Through shame, dignity is restored. Through the cross, powers are disarmed, and death is done away with forever. Lord, we come to you in community after a week of political chaos and natural disasters. Loving one, 
In the midst of a storm, you once brought peace. Would you bring peace now? Lives have been lost and communities have been shattered by violent storms and large tornadoes this week. We join the crowds waving palm branches and shouting ourselves hoarse, Hosanna, save us, save our world. We pray for families and individuals who are still trying to come up for air and determine their next steps. Please say, peace, be still, to the racing minds, the fearful hearts, and troubled souls. As the effects of ecological devastation remain, help us to hear your voice and take tangible action to mend your world. Merciful God, our hearts are broken with pain at the senseless deaths caused by gun violence. Families mourn, children live in fear, and some in our nation respond by arming themselves with even more guns. We ask that you touch our hearts with your love, heal our brokenness, and turn us away from violence toward peace. Today, as we remember the courage of this day when Jesus led a peaceful protest against empire into Jerusalem, help us to transform our own hearts and to seek peaceful ways of resolving our differences. We pray, God, for beloveds in our community with health and prayer concerns. For Marcia's cousin Janet and husband Barry, for Janet, Valerie, Jerry, Rachel, Christopher, for Gay's sister and brother-in-law, for Deborah's sister Donna and husband Bill, for Daryl, David and Debbie, June, Brianna, Gary, for Bob, Cheryl, Linda and Captain Carolyn Joe, Deborah and David, Howard, Donovan, and Peggy's brother, George. God, you know our grief and are with us in our sadness. Hold in your loving arms all who are grieving, especially Randy, Jeannie, Beth, Laura, and the friends and families of David Danielson and Andrew Hershey. We pray all this in the name of your son who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Friends, we invite you into a time of giving, and uh, as the ushers come forward, you may give through the plate or online at edmundsumc.org give, or by mailing a gift to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmunds, Washington, 98020. We invite you to give with generous hearts. All of the gifts today and the offerings go to the ministries of this church.
us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for all the ways in which you bless us, and we offer these gifts with joy, and we ask that you bless them, that they may continually be for this community and the world an embodiment of your love in this community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Friends, we ask that you are seated, and we have a few announcements for you today. Uh, several actually. So first, Holy Week begins today. We have several services throughout the week starting on Thursday. We have our Maundy Thursday service, uh, which will involve Holy Communion as well as hand washing stations. And we invite you to come and remember Jesus' last meal with his disciples around the table in which he washed their feet and we will watch, wash each other's hands. So that'll be a distinction. But we invite you to join us on Thursday. On Friday, we will have a tenebrae service, a service of the shadows, where we will be remembering Jesus' day of crucifixion uh, with music and readings interspersed between one another, and the service will end in silence. On Holy Saturday, we have a very family-friendly service with uh, a retelling of the story of the people of God. We'll begin downstairs in Kennedy Hall, where we'll start retelling three stories from the Old Testament, and we'll be acting them out in skits, so come with your light-hearted energy, uh, and kids will have costumes ready, and uh, we'll migrate up here into the sanctuary where we'll have a service remembering our baptism. We have two kids getting baptized and we have a new member that we're welcoming in into community. So we welcome you on Holy Saturday for the vigil service. And then finally on Easter Sunday, we have two services at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. So those of you who generally come at 10.30, delay it by about half an hour (laughs) to show up at 11. Uh, It'll be a service with Holy Communion on that Sunday. Just a note on parking. Uh, On Easter Sunday, we generally expect a larger crowd, and uh, we try to make space for visitors, and particularly those who might have uh, need to have a closer spot to the door. And so if you are able, we invite you to park further out, maybe in the upper lot or the west lot, uh, and walk to the door so that we can make some more space for folks who uh, might need a closer spot and for visitors who will be joining us on that Sunday. We have a new series that begins today called Aging Well with Positivity and Planning. And you'll notice that our coffee hour setup is a little different today as well after the service. Our coffee hour will be in the narthex and the series will be in Wesley room to the right. Now, if you aren't familiar with our Aging Well series, it's supposed to be a four-week series on uh, planning for when we get old. So everything from estate planning and assisted living, uh, memory care facilities, all the information around that, to hospice planning and how we care for caregivers. And so we hope that this four-part series will be a blessing to this congregation as we all plan ahead for however close uh, growing old is for all of us. Uh, If you are unable to join on any of the four weeks, uh, we will be making a podcast out of this, an audio recording, so that if you'd like to hear it or share it with a friend or a neighbor or a colleague, uh, you might be able to share this resource as well. And so Phil Borgness will be putting together that, that audio recording, and we hope that we'll be able to share it as the weeks go along. Today is Parents' Day out from 1 to 5 p.m. Deacon Aaron and some of our volunteers will be spending some time with the youngest among us. If you have a kid or a grandkid and they might enjoy that, know that April's Parents' Day out is today from 1 to 5 p.m. 
Tonight is also the first Sunday of the month, and so Foundry, our contemplative evening service will be today at 6 p.m. If you would like a contemplative meditative space uh, to start your week, know that today's 6 p.m. service will be practicing the examine, uh, a series of questions in silence for us to reflect uh, as we journey through Holy Week. Uh, Our Easter lily forms are due tomorrow. If uh, you remember, our practice around this time of year is to have lilies that adorn the altar area on Easter Sunday in memory of a loved one who's passed away or in honor of a loved one who's living but you'd like to remember. Uh, Those lilies are $12 and uh, you can submit the form with the money to the office. Um, On Easter Sunday, you can pick up your lily and share it with a loved one or uh, take it uh, to a cemetery or a place where your beloved might be. Uh, And finally, ASF booklets will be coming out late April, around April 23rd, for our spring semester of adult spiritual formation. And if you are a facilitator of a small group, or you'd like to lead a small group, we invite you to submit those descriptions of those groups to Pastor Donna by April 17th, which is a Monday, uh, two Mondays from now. And we anticipate that our ASF classes will begin the first week of May. So if you're excited about joining a small group or a class, know that May will be when our spring ASF season will be. Friends, we invite you to rise in body or in spirit for our closing hymn.
And now, my friends, let us go out into all God's world to be those who know Jesus has come back after the resurrection to deal with us and continues to invite us to join in God's parade. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen. Amen.